Hello and welcome to BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast, where we provide a deeper look into BIA's current insights and assessments of local media, data, and technology. I'm Rick Ducey, Managing Director at BIA Advisory Services, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Mitch Oscar. Hello. Um, <laughs> all right, Mitch, thank you. And uh, today's special guest, we have joining us Justin Evans. And Justin, your head global head of analytics and insights for Samsung ads. And you work with your team uh, across three continents to understand the emerging TV ecosystem and how to achieve better performance across linear, OTT, digital, and mobile, which is exactly the crossroads of where the industry is headed. Um, and we're all trying to figure this out. So we're really looking forward to, to what you have to share with us today. So as a leader in cross-screen video and TV innovation, Prior to your current assignment at Samsung, um, Justin was vice president of data strategy at Comcast Spotlight, now known as Effective TV, where he helped to lead the transformation of that $2.5 billion local TV business uh, to an audience and attribution focus, leading analytics, product management, and ad sales research, really putting the whole package together around today's data-driven environment for, for advertising, both on the buy side and sell side. And uh, Justin, you also headed uh, venture-backed uh, collective, headed data there, serving as EVP Enterprise Chief Strategy Officer, where you introduced the use of TV set-top box data into digital, and was senior VP. You were senior VP of Solutions at the Nielsen Company, where you coined Nielsen's Reach Resonance Reaction Framework for Ad Effectiveness. Um, and Justin received an MBA uh, and degree from Finance uh, NYU Stern and a bachelor's degree and English from Columbia University, which prepared you perfectly for your ad tech career um, uh, that you're now an executive in. So you've got a great background in advertising and media and finance and tech. So just so interested to see what you have to say um, in our conversation today. Well, so thanks for having me, Rick. Appreciate it. Oh, of course. Yes. And so, um, so Mitch, you and I are going to um, hear from Justin and what he's been doing about the ever-changing and popular topic of media measurement, and I guess the flip side of measurement these days is currency. Maybe it's a bit of Schrodinger's cat. Uh, is, is that data measurement or currency? Uh, we'll have to find out. Uh, and its evolution, uh, the role of data in moments of extreme change, which we're sort of going through now, uh, the long held um, throne of currency has been challenged or is being challenged. Uh, and in your background, you've been at the forefront of several of these tectonic shifts in media. Um, and uh, since your foundational days at Nielsen, and then more recently with some of the other assignments we already spoke to, um, marrying different data uh, from, say, Comscore, um, coming from the Rentrock set-top box uh, data days, video broadband impressions, calculating right, campaign right. reach, uh, and there's, there's just so much going on now. So, I mean, let's just dive in. Thank, Justin, yeah. thank you so much for being with us today. Now, before, before we... Um, discuss your current role at Samsung. Um, Mitch and I were chatting a bit beforehand. We thought it'd be great if you just share with our listeners some of your personal evolution in terms of media measurement slash currency, um, discovery, thought leadership. I mean, I mean, kind of basically open mic. Um, tell us about yourself and kind of how you're seeing what's happening now. Well, I, I, yeah, I've been part of a few waves of innovation when it comes to TV. Um, one was the rise of digital video 10 years ago, and then the one we're experiencing now with the rise of connected TV. Uh, the, in both situations, there's actually a lot of similarities because you have advertisers 
sitting on top of enormous TV advertising budgets while the mm -hmm. audience is migrating away uh, to a digital format. Then it was digital, now it's uh, connected TV. And in connected TV, the audience loves the choice. They love the $100 billion being sent on streaming shows every year. <laughs> For sure. And uh, what I have seen both times in digital video 1.0 and CTV now is that initially there's this paralysis about moving money into the new channel. Yeah. And on the one hand, the, 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 the new option seems obvious. <clears throat> Move the money on the Samsung platform. We now see audiences spending 67% of their time on streaming. The Samsung Smart TV audience has an average income of $99,000. They skewed highly educated in their prime earning years of 25 to 54. Our TVs reach 33% of the US. We reach more women than Lifetime and more truck owners than country music television. It should be a no brainer. Uh, but the fact is, we're actually ask, asking a lot of the advertiser uh, to make these changes uh, because in traditional advertising, where the advertisers have been, uh, there's a lot that's really intuitive. Uh, the brand manager, or the agency buyer, the, the person who's dropping $200,000 on a primetime spot, they can just turn on CNN and see the ad, and the ads are linked to something intuitive, uh, like a show, like the ad ran on Anderson Cooper. Um, in a digital media, uh, all that is happening on the other end of an IP connection. And there's, there's an ad server deciding uh, which of the 60 million Samsung TVs get the ad. And so the only way the advertiser knows where the ad ran and how many people see the ad uh, is through data. Uh, and so TV advertising is what the economists would call a market with imperfect information. The TV ad buyer doesn't have firsthand information uh, about what's happening on the other end of their buy. They can't turn on the TV and see the ad next to Anderson Cooper. It's all abstract. Um, so when the, when, when, when the audience experience is new, like connected TV, it feels unknown. And this is the same thing we saw, give or take 10 years ago with, with digital video 1.0. It, it feels like a dark room. It might be a delightful room with carpets and comfortable couches and a platter of right. fresh fruit <laughs> and free foot massages. But the advertiser doesn't know that. They have uh, imperfect information. And what happens when you have imperfect information? Uh, it discourages the buyer from participating in the market because they're, they're not sure what they're getting, and they hold back. And the latest analysis we've done is that at a national level, 50% uh, of TV viewing is happening in streaming, but only 10% of the ad spend is going to streaming. So imperfect information is not only holding the advertising holding the advertiser back, it's holding them back from doing something that's really good for them because fifty percent of their customers are in streaming, right? But they're, but know, they're not investing. On so, the point of imperfect yeah. information and uh, I guess the lag and what we expect in spending shift from linear into CTV um, ad inventory, um, the imperfect information. I'm curious uh, about that. I mean, so a lot of CTV is is programmatic and uh, programmatic trading is increasing in terms of you know how it actually trades. There's private marketplace and there's what some people may call you know actual um, um, direct you know selling, which is right. actually sitting on top of a programmatic uh, tech stack anyway. 
But so you have advertisers with something that may be beautiful, uh, but they're not quite able to see it because of imperfect information. And there is that friction to move to a more data-driven environment like connected TV versus linear TV. So, so some of that friction is imperfect uh, information. I don't, I don't know what's in that room. I don't know what's behind door number two. Right. Um, and, and so some of that is imperfect information. And I also hear people talk about kind of the, the human element. Like, you know, in, local, in the local market, particularly um, local sellers have local relationships um, with, with the brands and, and agencies. Is it just imperfect information that's keeping this slow or is it also that human factor kind of thing? Tell me what you mean by the human factor, Rick. Well, um, I, I can go to a programmatic, you know, environment and, and buy things, um, but my I'm going to miss out on some things also. So there may be some sponsorships. Uh, there may be some other promotional elements that, that go into uh, a cross-platform buy. So I know you're talking about imperfect information as one of the ways that creates sort of a headwind uh, for movement of advertisers into CTV. And just generally, is, are there other things as well as imperfect information that are acting as friction to have more spend in CTV? Uh, I, I think the information is a lot of it. And I think that the... Um, you know, uh, uh, you and Mitch would, uh, especially Mitch would be better qualified to talk about sort of the difference in the culture between traditional TV and the digital realm. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes people talk about how, you know, the uh, old school television sales leaders talk about how I used to do a billion dollars in business on the, right. with, the, with a right. single phone call. And, um, you know, that relationship element of it where, where, someone's kind of putting their, rep, uh, a human is putting their reputation on the line for their sale. Like maybe, maybe that has a lot to do with it. I, I, the, the, the part that I focus on and the part that has to do with me personally off your first question is, is the, the role that the data and measurement people exactly. uh, okay, play yeah. in this. Because the, uh, the um, and, and we're humans, Rick. Um, what? The, <laughs> <laughs> well, because so, I, Justin, I, I yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah. You're on a roll. I'm sorry. I, I kind of no, sidetracked no, no, you a bit. No, 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 not 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 at all. Actually, it's 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 right on cue because I think I mean I will comment about the culture of of data and measurement people and then talk about the role in this imperfect information okay. situation. Because I do think that, that data and measurement people, it's certainly myself and the people I recruit for my teams, have a kind of a seeker mentality. It's it's very much about yep. the truth. Like we have to pre present accurate information. The the methodology has to be uh, transparent and solid, and we have to explain it in a way that the client can understand, because you can intentionally or otherwise overwhelm people with data, uh, but that's not getting you anywhere. It's not the real goal. To a real data person, that's not the real goal. The real goal of a real data person is to explain it. And the right. actually, you know, you made a, a, a quip at the beginning about the English major. I actually think that the, my English major has been one of the most sort of important parts of me playing my role in my career because I was I at Nielsen where there were, that's where my career started. And there were so many data gurus and they, they knew so much. And it, yeah, it wasn't always in their interest to share it because the yeah. more information they held on to, the more power they had. And if you could penetrate how data works, and you can be an explainer using your English degree, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's a really important role.
And, and I, I take that really seriously. And the people that I hire, uh, I think, are that same flavor, even if they, you know, even if they're technical people, they're kind of truth seekers at heart. Well, really, I mean, that, that's the science part of data science. I, I so firmly believe what you're saying, you know, um, at the core of, of this, because you've got data engineers, you've got all this data, you've got data engineers. But, uh, you know, I think kind of the world invented the data scientist to, to do exactly what you're saying, be that truth seeker, be that explainer. And I know a lot of people in tech who have English backgrounds and it's the ability to understand and explain an idea and give it some momentum, you know, in conversations and in a business space that makes a difference. So, uh, you know, <laughs> the ability to understand what's going on from a tech perspective and the ability to explain it and, and help people understand how it can advantage them. That's so powerful. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah. So if we take it back to the the connected TV challenge, um, the the you know, if we're talking about from the advertiser perspective of the unknown digital thing is a dark room, um, it's really the data measurement people's uh, job to turn on the light yes. and uh, show the client the fruit platter and the free foot massages. It's, you know, take the abstraction of digital delivery, especially in a new medium, and help the advertiser feel comfortable. So right. what we've been doing at, uh, at Samsung in this environment is to really help the advertiser understand today's TV environment and all its complexity. So at, at the top level, we show clients or try to show them the entire TV ecosystem. It's it's multiple layers uh, through the lens, of course, of the Samsung footprint. Show them at the second tier down how their audience watches TV. And then when they run a campaign with Samsung, we show them where their campaign is running and we give them the transparency and transparency to, to continue to use pretentious economics terms is transparency is a mechanism to overcome the uh, the imperfect information. And and at Samsung, we're lucky to have our own data uh, to help the clients uh, to help the clients accomplish this transparency. Yes. Now, I guess following the themes of the imperfect information and the data science and working with uh, marketers and agencies, um, that that culture is evolving. I mean, you've TV's huge, you know, and and uh, media mixes. Uh, linear TV, and now CTV is coming into it powerfully for all the reasons you've enumerated. Uh, what's it like in the in the buy side of things uh, f- from your experience with Samsung? I mean, so do you have digital buy teams, uh, linear buy teams? I know everybody's talking about being cross-platform, but just given their day-to-day you know jobs, is that actually meshing? Are they being thoughtful and integrated in the way they approach Samsung for some inventory? Oh, absolutely. The the the, the the clients, uh, especially the agency folks we deal with, are really getting it. They're they're grappling with these issues every day, and uh, their curiosity uh, and desire for more knowledge in this space is a real driver for our innovation. Um, when we, you know, when I kind of talked about that macro level, I was. Uh, Everyone's going to have a pandemic story like they have a whatever. Um, but I was stuck in London during the pandemic and I came back and basically as soon as I got off the plane, the phones were ringing off the hook in the already virtual office where clients were saying, uh, Samsung, with your ACR data, help me understand what's happening to my audience because they were feeling that with 
so much engagement in the news at the time and so much ability to go deep into streaming content with everyone in their homes. They were intuitively feeling that there were lots of changes. So we sure. created these macro, uh, it kind of forces, you know, virtually overnight. Um, I think literally it was two weeks. We we set up the series of dashboards to help clients understand how much time uh, was being spent in streaming in, in, in the overall ecosystem and how that is changing. Uh, at the time, it had just broken 50-50 in the Samsung platform. Now we're seeing 67% of time being spent in streaming and only 33% in linear. Wow. And they wanted to see uh, how much streaming time spent is growing and whether there's enough ad-supported inventory in AVOD or ad-supported streaming to support a proper campaign now that the people have moved over into streaming. Um, and so we're able to answer those questions. And we, we, we're we now in a, in, a, in a rhythm where we publish that data every quarter. And for instance, uh, we're seeing a lot of changes in AVOD. It, it grew 25% year over year to Q1. And we're now right. seeing 75% of our audience uh, watching AVOD on a regular basis. So the, uh, the, the, the macro trends really came at the behest of the agency folks who needed to know to guide their clients what was happening, what changes were happening. Right. What, uh, yes, Nitch. I have a question. You mentioned, uh, Justin, that you have your own data. Mm. You mentioned mm. the word ACR. I know you have program partnerships. Can you please explain what you mean by your own data and why it's special and how does it work? Yeah, so Samsung Ads Platform consists of 60 million TVs in the US. Uh, this comprises 40 million households, or about a third of all TV households. Uh, ACR technology gathers data on the content, the ads, uh, the gaming, the gameplay uh, that are happening on the television screen. Uh, movies, uh, TV shows, commercials, games. And also uh, activity on connected devices like streaming sticks, media players, game consoles. And we use the ACR data generally to measure a linear buy. So with that ability to, the, the technology recognizes the uh, linear ads. And so we can, we can identify which of our audience has seen a particular advertiser's linear ad and which uh, who have missed it. And then we're able to uh, direct the client to the, about 50% of the audience who are not watching a lot of linear ads. Um, I will note that Samsung ads, we're lucky to have the largest scale of ACR uh, data in the marketplace. Um, we have two times the scale of the next nearest competitor. Um, and it's it's what I think what makes it special is that it's it captures the linear behavior and the streaming behavior. It's what research nerds like me would call uh, single source data. So it, that really helps plug this information gap we're talking about. You see, part of the data, um, I guess I want to get into some of the some of the campaign, you know, metrics and and you talked about dashboards, reach frequency, uh, frequency capping. I mean, all the basic campaign mm -hmm. optimization tools, uh, attribution, and so on. Uh, um, so let me let me start there. Then I want to uh, ask your thoughts about how 
So like how to send something ads, provide all those different things, uh, frequency cap, uh, incremental reach, linear, um, uh, CTV, kind of the cross-platform thing. But then at some point I want to come back and ask you about what your thoughts are of how we, I guess, a society, an industry, the government is dealing with privacy, third-party cookie redaction, um, opt-in data, privacy, uh, all those different kinds of things. Uh, but first, let's start with, you know, you talk about educating the advertisers and in that two-week crash period, like the, the Cambrian explosion of all of a sudden, we have all these tools and dashboards out there that really help advertisers navigate their way into that room once you've turned the lights yeah, on. Yeah. And, I, and I love that yeah, metaphor. Yeah. What, what's it like from a, from a buyer perspective to come into the world of Samsung ads and see what what's going on? Well, the, the, the first thing we've tried to do is help the advertiser understand the streaming ecosystem through the lens of their audience, might be frequent travelers or high income households or back to school shoppers, or maybe it's a custom audience they've imported through our onboarding partner program, because it puts some character on the data because it's a single audience. It's your audience. How is your yeah. audience using TV? Right. And we will show them, okay, your custom audience, there are 6.4 million of them in our platform which during the period you care about, it was 15% of our audience. And, and this is all kind of uh, pre-campaign, pre Rick. Uh, and we tell the client, your audience is spending 20% 20 20 of their time gaming, 30% of their time on linear, 50% of their time streaming. And when they watch linear, they like the big broadcast networks, but they also like ESPN. And their favorite programming is NFL football and all its varieties, at least during Q4. And when they stream, they're spending 55% of their time in ad-supported formats. And when they watch AVOD, they're watching two apps a day and four apps a quarter. And they prefer news, movies, reality, crime, and their favorite times of stream are early morning and late fringe. And they're streaming for an hour, 21 minutes a day. So we help the client get to know that audience and get them to feel comfortable. And most importantly, get them to understand that when they're going to put their message into streaming, they have a good sense of how it's going to be experienced by the audience. And that's just and that's even before we get started. And then when it comes to the actual campaign, it's actually a lot simpler. You, you reached a million people, which is, you know, whatever, 25 percent of your audience and 80 percent of those were incremental to your linear uh, reach. And here are the apps you ran on and here's how much frequency you achieved in each app. And this is all to the target of your choice, not to an age sex demo. So we think that that's getting them really to the same level and arguably even superior level the, of, the, of the depth of research they got and data they got in traditional. Uh, because it's not just the age sex demo, it's the, it's the audience they really care about. And uh, we're giving them dynamics about what's happening in linear and in streaming uh, through, the, through the beauty of the single source data set. So there's um going to the I guess privacy I'll use as a broad label. <clears throat> um, you have a great install base uh, for Samsung smart TVs, connected TV data sources. Um, can you speak to what percentage of that base is is opt-in, and how you see that um, moving forward in the industry? I mean, there's been some discussion that. Digital media have been great because you have uh, first-party data, third-party data. You can do 
great, you know, audience planning and activation against segments that are that are critical to whatever the brand or um, agency is trying to trying to do. Um, now is some of that being constrained uh, with opt-in rules and policies uh, happening and constraints on use of third-party data collection and sharing and so on. Um, seems like there's a bit of a shift back towards contextual advertising from uh, deterministic kind of targeting uh, with uh, even first-party data like you have. Any any thoughts about what's happening in that space and what we should look for? Uh, I've been really proud of the work we've done at Samsung because everything we do is on an opt-in basis and the uh, notice and choice uh, that's required of best practices um, is provided uh, to the user. Uh, the opt-in uh, opt rates are high, but they're not so high that you that you get the feeling that it's that it's you know being tucked away somewhere. People are actually comprehending and making choices. Um, mm -hmm. And if you if you have the experience on a Samsung TV, the there's there's a a, a privacy uh, privacy choices app yeah. where people can manage and change change their their choices at any time. Uh, so it's it's a it's a really strong experience there. Uh, industry wide uh, is you know just something we'll have to watch. There's been 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 so many changes. Uh, in, in the technologies and individual companies driving the change. Um, I will say that just to kind of hark back to, to Internet 1.0, um, when we as an industry made the change to put the choices icon in, in, in digital advertising and provide that kind of industry-wide level of transparency uh, to clients, excuse me, to, to uh, audiences, I think it had a, a a really powerful effect on the industry, and it took a lot sure. of the anxiety out of it. So, um, take it for what that's worth. In my career, I think that was one of the most uh, sort of powerful points. Uh, that makes sense. Powerful kind of moments in the industry about about that evolution. Yep. Well, um, I want to give you a chance to offer any last thoughts, Justin. But first, Mitch, I thought I'd turn it back to you. Any other um, things you wanted to cover or um, that we missed, or we want to emphasize? Well, I want to hear Justin's last thoughts. Well, not, oh. not like not like last like you're going to go away. <laughs> Just. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what you meant. Oh, okay. You mean about the industry? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah this is my last rights uh, about uh, television. <laughs> um, well, the listen, I think I think the, the main thing we've talked about is is the imperfect information and driving. Uh, helping to to have clients um, move into the space. I guess the last thing that, that's fascinating to me about this uh, moment in television is how the holy grail has changed. So the holy grail used to be, can we prove that television advertising drives purchases? And with ACR data and with what's happening in linear addressable, now advertisers and agencies are able to answer that question. They're able to answer the question of whether TV advertising tries purchases. So now we got a new holy grail. And what's happened is that the introduction of streaming into the ecosystem has added a layer of complexity to the advertiser. And now they have to worry about unduplicated or deduplicated reach. So now deduplicated reach is the new holy grail. Um, and that I have to say, I, I really kind of love the holy grail reference because it 
it kind of it, it feeds a long career in advertising because you're because clearly your career is a quest uh, and nothing short of that. Um, so now they're 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 new stress stressors on the advertisers. So they have to figure that out. And they're there. I, I was kind of counting four ways that advertisers need to worry about wasting money uh, in television. One is they uh, can just miss their audience altogether. Right. Uh, second, they can end up with a lot of over frequency and linear because the heaviest linear audiences watch a lot of counterproductive. TV. Yeah. Now they have to worry about overlap between the linear buy and the streaming buy. Yep. And they need to worry about overlap within the streaming buy. Are all these apps just reaching the same audience over and over yep. again? Um, so that's that's the next uh, the next frontier of transparency and uh, data and measurement truth we need to provide uh, our clients. And uh, it, it's an exciting challenge and one that we're uh, tackling with vigor at Samsung. It really is. And I mean, I think that agenda you just laid out is spot on. I mean, that's what the industry needs to accomplish to drive more growth in this channel. Uh, you know, part of it's human, like I was um, suggesting before, just habits, you know, and, and relationships people have. Uh, but the tech and the data, and particularly that perspective, I, I really admire the way you speak to kind of the data science role of truth, transparency, and, and trying to show cause and effect in advertising in, in a very powerful way. Um, all that stuff makes it a very exciting time and a very you know promising outlook, I think, for, for everybody involved in ad-supported media. And um, audiences get great content because the economics work, you've been speaking of economics um, and how that uh, interleaves through all the different themes we've been covering. Uh, Mitch, one last word from you, maybe? Oh, I was wondering with all the religious terms where you guys referring to the life of Brian and Monty Python's take on currencies and media measurement, uh, but I veer off. Watch out for killer rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, thank you so much. And Mitch, as always, thank you so much for for co-hosting this. Thank you, everybody, Thank you. for being with us today. And um, uh, Justin, good luck with your with your um, with well, your path forward. Uh, you just have so much on the ball and so much opportunity. It's great to get your insights and in all of this. Thank you, uh, so Thank behalf, you Mitch. Yeah, on behalf of our special guest, Justin and and Mitch, Samsung adds uh, kind to lend us your brain for this uh, for this conversation. I'm Rick DC for BIA Advisory Services, leading local insights podcast. Tune in for more BIA podcasts where we bring industry insights straight to you. And if you do have an idea of what you'd like us to cover or somebody you'd like us to interview, send us an email, podcast at BIA.com. Thanks again, everybody, and have a great day. Take care.